let's get straight into our thinking point for this morning. Auditor General Zagani Malulega says the auditing and accounting industry needs a revamp. The sector has come under has come under fire, of course, and this is due to fraud and corruption scandals involving some of the big five accounting firms. Malulega has called on the industry to take responsibility for the wrongs and find ways to self-correct. She was addressing the Southern Africa Institute of Government Auditors Annual Conference, Notando Magudule reports. In 2016, the World Economic Forum ranked South Africa number one in the world for auditing and reporting standards. But over the years, the picture has changed amid a slur of accusations leveled against the industry for aiding state capture. Malulege says the sector has found itself having to halt and try to reverse the decline in its reporting standards. She wants to know what happened to the guardians of the country's financial sector and what it will take to rebuild public trust. South Africa's Auditor General, Zakani Malulege. The question we should all be asking instead of trying to deflect and say, well, it's those guys. The question we should all be asking is, what's gone wrong? And are we able to halt and reverse this decline? What has happened to us as the guardians of South Africa's financial sector? And what will it take to rebuild this trust? Malulege says the Office of the Auditor General of South Africa has adapted real-time reporting of its audits. This change was prompted by the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on the accounting and auditing sector. All of these experts worked together to provide real-time assurance, real-time insight that could drive real-time corrections as well as drive real-time oversight. The three-day conference aims to look at the accounting and auditing profession in changing times. Notando Makutulela, SAPC News, Johannesburg. We're joined by Russell Morena, the CEO of the Southern African Institute of Government Auditors. Uh, Mr. Morena, good morning and thank you for your time this morning. Uh, good morning, uh, Katie. Uh, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. In fact, I'm not alone. Uh, I am with my president as well since we are still at this uh, historical conference. Uh, we 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 are very excited to, 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 to be uh, given this opportunity. Mm. Let's talk about where the auditing and accounting profession is because there's no question that in the last couple of years, what has been clear to many South Africans is that the fraud and the corruption that we are looking at, particularly in the state, has been enabled by rogue auditors and accountants. And this really flows, whether you're talking about corruption in national departments, it flows all the way down to what we see in local government as well. What is the reflection that the industry has been engaging on right now? Um, uh, in, indeed, I think uh, this. Uh, um, uh, I think this uproar uh, um, uh, is not only in South Africa, but uh, globally. As accountants and auditors, we are under a severe pressure, whereby we we have to uh, work very hard to prove to the public that we can be independent, that we can still continue to perform our own oversight role in terms of uh, giving that trust and assurance to uh, to our clients and, 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 and to the society in general that we are and can still be able to be able to 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 to, to identify and track and report uh, without fear or favor on those 
issues or issues of corruption or where they uh, uh, mismanagement and so on. So at the moment, the 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 industry, there are many uh, uh, processes that are that are uh, uh, undergoing to ensure that people who are professionals uh, in this sector who have been found uh, um, uh, wanting that they are being dealt with based on our standards and the uh, um, uh, procedures which we need to follow. You know, unfortunately, what has been happening is that often accountants and auditors have been putting the interests of their clients first and not necessarily the interest of the public. And that's what uh, the Auditor General, Zagani Maluleke, is really urging the industry to do, to put the, to act in the best interest of the public. What are the things that make that difficult or challenging? I think uh, one of the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention first, I'm going to give my presence here. So I think one, one, one of the things, for example, if you look at, let's say, as, 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 as an auditor, I've been dealing with this line for over 10 years or so on. Uh, it, it does not seem by the public uh, um, uh, like, like as, 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 as if I'm going to be independent or consistent because the fact that you've been uh, auditing the same line for over five years it cannot be right. So this is uh, this is what we have called them in this pro in, in, in our pro profession to say that uh, at least uh, 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 to be able to restore confidence and to ensure that we do not do what we call copy and paste. Uh, uh, they, 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 we should uh, every now and then change the, the, the same auditors who are going to to this line to to audit order we get different uh, um, uh, perspectives. So, so that's that's exactly another thing which, which which we have started doing to ensure that we do not have that situation, which is what has been seen in those uh, 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 scandals which happened at um, uh, many them uh, we um, we know them um, um, in our country, including the uh, state capture. So those are some of the things that as auditors we need to ensure that we shy away from. We do not do copy and paste, but we we we, we perform our roles. Uh, 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 and, and, and impartially uh, uh, to, to, to so that we restore that uh, confidence. Um, uh, good, good morning um, to you and the viewers, and thank you for the opportunity. My name is Philip Rafales. And for us, as the focus of the profession now, that they be moving away from just client needs, but more towards us serving the public. It's what's good for the public than what is good for our clients out there. And it comes from the backdrop exactly of state capture uh, and, and what we've seen in, in public in general. And it's so trust also and confidence from the public in general and then the other thing is that I think what's important is that as much as the profession has went through a lot of big in terms of ethics, um, there's been a lot of reforms internally uh, within the profession itself um, to be when we find this unethical uh, behavior, we don't shy away of firstly making sure that we act on it speedingly and we become transparent about it. 
and also that we get rid of those bad apples that we see in the profession and we, we isolate them because it, it's important as, as auditors and accountants in public that we're able to see seem to be acting ethically and otherwise. And the other thing is that uh, citizens should see that we are we are having their best interest at heart and have confidence also on the management of public finance. So, so as the the organisation for um, government auditors, how much action would you say you have taken against rogue editors? who have submitted statements. So if we take something as basic as the Auditor General at the end of every financial year coming to us and saying that the quality of reports that were submitted by consulting firms that had done the work um, for these government departments was not even up to scratch. It was not reliable. Are there instances where you have taken action against auditors in that in that regard? Because oftentimes we don't see any action being taken. If I can maybe answer, um, the the issue that um, the auditor general would have highlighted. Um, it's not necessary auditors, but mostly that you find that the accountants, uh, which are doing, for example, financial statements for an ex-municipality out there. Um, but what we find is that not all of them are professionalized. Um, not all of them belong to a professional body. Um, and, and that's what we, we, we've seen as well. And that's the call that we've also spoke to Treasury and Yasaga when we speak and conversations with them. That there needs to be a much more broader discussion to say if all these assistance that we see, including consultants, can be able to be in a professional body, we will be able to take action. Um, but at, at this point in time, as we sitting right now, including that we've got a regulator called IRBA, which regulates their, their auditing and accounting profession, uh, they, they're not regulating everybody currently. And that's also the thing from a regularity point of view that they are trying to work towards. All right. Uh, Mr. Rahwali, I'm going to ask you to pause there. We'll continue this uh, conversation in a moment. It's just after 9.30. Nomsam Luli is standing by with the latest news headlines. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Our thinking point today is the role of auditors and accountants in helping achieve good governance. And it's held off the back of um, the Southern African Institute of Government Auditors holding its annual event. And effectively, uh, we had the Auditor General, Zagani Maluleke, speaking very strongly about the kind of reforms that the sector needs to undergo to ensure um, to ensure good governance and she basically has been urging auditors to act in the best interest of the public and I know that the scandals particularly the auditing scandals that we have in this country are not limited to the public sector they exist in the private sector as well we're focusing on um, the public sector because we're dealing here specifically with government auditors so Russell Morena is the CEO of the Southern Africa Institute of Government Auditors and Philip Rahwali is the president 
of that organization. And we'll continue the uh, the conversation with them. Of course, I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line 614 uh, And of course, I'll take uh, your calls on anything else after we're, we've wrapped up the thinking point on Twitter at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SAFM uh, Talking Point. So I, I want to come back to this issue of accountability. Mr. Rahwali, you talk about the fact that, you know, there's action that is taken against auditors who are complicit and, and, and who enable fraud and corruption to take place. How many people, let's say, who are part of the Southern African Institute of Government Auditors that you know of have been penalized, have been disciplined um, if they have been found? to have committed wrongdoing? Um, if I might just, you know, this, 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 uh, as much as transparency we have, um, obviously we cannot de- give you the details of individual cases that we deal with. But definitely from us, we we do uh, take disciplinary processes uh, for members who are not acting ethically out there. And we, also one of the things is that we went a lot of reform as well as an institution to make sure that we put people with legal minds, especially people who've been former judges and so forth, so that when you have this disciplinary process, they are quite rigid as well. And we take appropriate steps in terms of those ones who would have uh, done not so well in terms of our code of conduct. So, 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 so take it serious, um, but in terms of the details, Obviously, you can see that obviously some of the things um, we cannot obviously for confidentiality purposes. Uh, obviously, we have to cannot give you all the details. So, as as an institute, then how many oh. members do you actually have that are affiliated to you, and what is the scope the, of work that they do do uh, with government entities? Um, okay, this, uh, um, uh, Russell. Now, yeah. So I think so. I think in in terms of before coming there to add on the other on the other question is that uh, at Saiga we were we are very fortunate that uh, even before the state capture, uh, none of our members have been found to be uh, um, uh, uh, doing uh, wrong things. Uh, we are we are we are so happy about that. I think this is thanks to our processes. And, and also in terms of uh, uh, how we deal with the issues of uh, um, um, ethics. So uh, as a current in terms of now coming to the second question, we have we look after uh, over a thousand uh, um, uh, members whose scope is to audit uh, in the public sector. They audit the local government, they audit uh, provincial government and the national government, as well as the SOE uh, under AGSA. Uh, um, so um, these are the guys that are specifically specializing in the public sector, understand that the public sector are the ones that are coming to the likes of SAPC or ESCOM and, and, uh, and municipalities in good and so on to, to carry out this audit uh, and, and, and then from there um, and look at the findings and, and, and also make those uh, um, uh, recommendations which then need to be um, uh, um, put into action by 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 them and uh, 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 those responsible uh, um, 
client or a government state. So, so that's a good thing, the number that we have, and the scope of work that we carry out. Interesting that, you know, you mentioned public entities, including the SABC, ESCOM. ESCOM just this past week was uh, before uh, Parliament and um, its financial affairs, its books were being tabled before Parliament and it wasn't a good picture. In fact, they found that there was very bad record keeping, um, that there were um, misstatements in, in some of the financial reporting. Did your auditors pick that up? So I, th- I think what what is before Parliament, I think what is reported by the Auditor General, mm. uh, it, 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 it's basically what was found by the auditors. Mm. Um, so I think the what is being out there in public, basically what was found by the auditors. So I think in terms of auditors picking it up, straight to the answer mm. is that yes, auditors picked up all the material misstatements that were supposed to be picked up. Okay, let me take a quick call from Ar- Arnold in in Aikenhook, and you want to talk about auditing specifically. Good morning, Arnold. My name is Kevin. Yes. So my concern mainly in in, in auditing. Um, let me try specifically to look at universities, and then I've uh, recently learned that even in, in, in local government, I mean in local government, that's what they do. They recycle uh, these um, auditing firms. You'll find that in in a particular province, one auditing firm will move from one municipality to another, and that one which was there will come here and audit, and all in all, you find that the outcomes of the document are actually the same. You already know what is going to transpire. And even in universities, that's what um, they do. And in most cases, um, they will produce two, um, two reports. One, which they will uh, give it to the management or, or, or those who are running the entity. And the other one, they will publish it to, to the public. And, and you find that uh, those two reports do not talk to each other. There is one which is typically honest on the issues and the personnel whom should be then prosecuted. But then on the other one, they just brush on top mm. and leave the issues underlined. So that's my concern. And this is something which we see over and over again. The first time when I called your station, I said universities and colleges need to be looked at because of even auditors and firms are so much involved over um, what happens there. Because of don't forget that even the tenders of infrastructures of procurement are being done. Mm. Thank you, Saskia. Okay. All right. Thanks for that call, Arnold. Let me go to Bushbuck Ridge. Uh, Linnaeus Mashile, you also want to talk about um, auditors and understand you're a former MP. Uh, uh, thank you. Yes, I used to, but uh, it's a former, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> um, look, man, uh, the problem of auditing starts with auditors that stay long in one entity, year in, year out. They end up becoming part of the furniture of the entity. 
and become part of the problem. So there is a need that um, the law should be changed to to restrict an auditing firm to stay on one entity not more than two years or so. Because uh, it doesn't help if, uh, again, is that uh, when there is any tender for procuring uh, auditing firms, then you don't restrict the one that has been doing auditing there mm. to tender. It doesn't help because the one that has been doing it the previous year then would have an advantage of uh, cutting costs, uh, prices, and then and looks cheaper, and then it just comes back again. So th- there is a little bit that needs to be done on the law to restrict for not more than two years, I can guess. And again, is that uh, whichever firm that has been doing or currently doing the, the, the auditing services, then should not be allowed to tender for the next one so that then you get genuine auditors. Number two, the institute is not going to assist that much because they have got the competing interests in this business. One, they want to have a lot of members so that they are seen as a big institute. On the other side is that once the, 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 uh, the auditing services is flooded by many, many companies, then competing for work then becomes fierce, and then you start now having uh, problems of uh, people negotiating work with entities. And that is where one of our problems starts arising. I mean, if you know that uh, if you don't get a job from mm. this specific entity, then you are out of business. Then you will have to satisfy your entity or your employer or your client to to the client satisfaction so that then you are, you are kept in employ for the next year again. And that is the problem of a business that is flooded. Whether you go to Texas is the same. All other consulting firms, the minute it is flooded, then you've got all these problems that are arising that undermines quality and everything. All right, Mr. Mashile, thanks for that call and that view. Um, I'm going to give them an opportunity to respond. So, uh, Mr. Morena and Mr. Rahwale, I don't know which one of you is going to take it, uh, just perhaps for final thoughts and to respond to uh, the suggestion that has been brought forward, particularly around the rotation of auditors in especially those that are uh, are, are doing work with different uh, departments um thank you i think for for the opportunity so i'll go first on on this one um the first one is that uh, i think it's important also to know that um in the public sector if we have to talk about the public sector got one audit uh, institution which is Auditor General, um, and then deploy the teams accordingly. And as, I, as far as I know, they rotate teams uh, in terms of making sure that independence actually happens there. And then I think the other thing that the, the other gentleman uh, also kind of picked up, he says, these trends in terms of the audit outcome across municipalities. Um, it's true because the, the, the problems mostly are the same. Um, if you look at municipality supply chain 
is one of the biggest examples of things that can go wrong in municipalities. That's why you find that the outcome are almost the same. So it's not an issue of it's a sort of a copy and paste in terms of what auditors do out there. Um, and then the other thing as well, what he raised as well, is the issue of that the, the, the auditors issue two reports. Yes, these two reports, um, I think it's just a matter of understanding. These two reports, the, the one that is published is the audit report, which is the summarized version, and then you get the detailed report, um, which is then given to management in terms of specific uh, transactions that would have been audited in terms of that. Um, and then I think the other one is that um, the, the issue of audit rotation, it's been a, a very big um, a discussion point, uh, which uh, the regulator, IRBA, um, independent regulatory board of auditors has been uh, dealing with for quite a while, um, which is more affecting the private sector, um, which is the issues of independence, obviously, was a big one. Uh, so it's, it's a matter that has not really been 100% concluded by IRBA. Um, which is, I think, something that I think um, you can take up with everybody and see how far they are in terms of that uh, regulations that goes to them. I know their act was updated. It was it was obviously uh, taken through the processes of, of parliament and so forth. So I think it's something that can take them up with as well. And then I think the that, that one that I think in the public sector, um, like I said, I think it's important that uh, the public understand that there's only one institution that audits public sector, and that's the Auditor General. And that comes from the, the obviously, the, the Public Audit Act that is, in, that is out there in terms of... Right. Yes, they, they've got private firms that they utilize to assist them, but they, they do their own rotation within the, their procurement space as well. All right. Um, I think we're going to leave it there then for this morning. Let me thank both of you for uh, coming on. Russell Morena, the CEO of the Southern African Institute of Government uh, Auditors, and of course the President, Philip Rahwale. I'm going to continue taking your calls on 11 714 Let me go to KG.